Welcome to episode 76 of the Untitled Themed Entertainment Show podcast. I mean, actually, it's probably not 76. It was our 76 on YouTube. Go ahead and follow us there. But if you're running around the block, you're on the, you're on the drive home, we're happy to be in your ears. Today, we made predictions, or at least several months ago, we made predictions about 2023. We reviewed 2022, and wasn't it a hell of a show, Andy? It was great, yeah. Well, that is fantastic. We hope you all enjoy. Oh, welcome to the year in review, 2022. And what a year it has been, hasn't it been a fantastic year? It has been a year. <laughs> it's been a great yeah. year for themed entertainment, that's for sure. Yeah, pretty... All my all my social medias are going off because I just the show just went live, so I'm just like trying to turn off noises. Um, but yeah, what a what a crazy year it's been. 2020, you know, we started this whole network in 2020. We turned two. Um, been a pretty big year for us overall for the network. Really excited about that. And you know, we have a, you know we have I know we have a whole different things we want to talk about. But um, you know what what's been going on with you? It's been a while since we've chatted. Yeah, you know, I've just been, you know, working on a few projects and, you know, uh, the the annual following up after IAPA uh, flurry yeah. of, you know, days and days of emails and texts and phone calls and thank you notes and all that kind of stuff. Um, I typically wait until after Thanksgiving. I know some people, you know, they get back on, the, you know, the following Monday and it's like, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's been great, you know. Um I'm really looking forward to next year. I feel like this year was sort of like, you know, the year that like, you know, sort of like the on-ramp for the industry of the runway, you know, just finally, you know, taking off after the uh, the thick of the uh, pandemic. I mean, I'm not going to say the pandemic is over. That's very uh, ableist. <laughs> but um, I, uh, you know, I, I get a, I have a really good feeling about next year and a lot of good stuff happened this year. That's for sure. Yeah, well, you know, and I think that that's, you know, it's probably freshest in our minds, you know, just IAPA, you know, mm. um, you know, you, you and I were both there. We had the TV party at Health and Moon, which was a lot of fun. A lot of people came out for that. Yeah. Um, and it, it yet yeah, yeah, last year for IAPA definitely felt kind of like a half mast, you know, the flags upside down. It did stress signals out. <laughs> Everyone's kind of like, you know, a lot of people weren't working, not a lot of business and. It to me, I, I felt like the vibe this year was definitely kind of like we're back and we have a lot of work that's coming out soon, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm really glad. I'm really glad I didn't go to 2021 IAPA because I I know it was like sad IAPA, you know. But uh, this year was like just guns blazing, full bore, high octane. You yeah. know, we're back, baby. Well, and and, and I, I kind of did a limited schedule this year because I gift apply, um, but. It was, you know, it's, it's always great to, to see people and to meet new friends and see old friends. And, mm. you know, really, you know, I, I think things are pretty optimistic. Um, but, you know, there's still a lot of people that are out of work. I know, I know I personally know a lot of people that are out of work. Uh, 
you know, I know people who aren't op operating at, at full capacity, right? So it's always kind of like this cool, but also, you know, not forgetting that, you know, the industry is still grinding along, you know. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I had a lot of conversations with IAPA about we've got some really great stuff coming up next year. Right. for from my end of the business at least you know and you know uh, you know most people know i do music and sound and stuff and media and that's often you know towards the second half or last third of a project you know where it really gets uh well, yeah, kicked I mean, off i had a lot of conversations with iapa about we've got some oh, that was weird did you hear that uh yeah keep going oh was that from your thing oh sorry um Anyway, I had a lot of conversations about, you know, you know, people have a lot of projects coming up you know, early next year, things like that. Um, so, yeah, you know, I do, you know, this is a, a really slow year for work for me. You know, I scraped by, you know, like everybody else. But, uh, you know, really optimistic about next year for sure. And I'm excited, you know, we could talk about that in our prediction show. Tune in next month for that. Yeah, looking forward to that. So last year we did a ton of predictions and we're, we're gonna eat crow we're gonna watch those um i actually did watch it the other night because i want to make sure that we didn't have too much overlap for this show um but it's gonna be a lot of fun to do that so yeah next month we're gonna do that so stay tuned um but yeah i i think that things are you know i'm, I'm cautiously optimistic um yeah me too Tim. And, it, and it's good to see that you know and i think a good kind of barometer for that is just all the people who have you know kind of work even people who work for you know work with uh with um this network you know a lot of our people are now working which is cool um most of our producer team all actually they're all working now which is really great right and and so uh, we, about our producers being too busy because i'm just so happy that most of the people that have come and gone from tetv or have have found some sort of full full-time work is great We're, i'm really personally proud of that yeah no it's really good uh, so I have a buzz. Buzz was good. Boost was flowing. It was what full. You know, as far as I looked, it seemed like a very full, very well attended IAPA. Uh, I know we had our IAPA preview show and, and all that, which was really great. And you know, Andy was great running around with you a few times and and you know and and catching up as always. Uh, you, you know, know I, all, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think my my favorite takeaway from IAPA from the show floor at least was um, the sheer amount of pinball that was on the show floor. Uh, I'm a big pinball pinball fan. I used to have pinball machines and um, I really was shocked at the, like the, the like three or four new vendors with several new models. And like, I played pinball for several hours over the course yeah. of the week uh, and pretty much never the same machine twice, unless I wanted to. And it was very exciting. I was very excited about that and real pinball too, not just the virtual shit. No, that's good. Yeah. My, my app show floor time is very limited, so I didn't get to mm. see any of the fun goodies, but. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see. So, you know, a, a, about us, you know, we had a, a great year um, and, you know, we kind of equates to, you know, basically every attraction that opened here in Orlando, we got to feature on TV. So we had, you know, Peppa Pig Park that, that's at Legoland here. Um, yep. That was a great show. Uh, we had Icebreaker from SeaWorld. They came on, which was also fantastic. Um, and uh, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy, which opened, and we'll we'll talk more about that and, and the reception of that on <laughs> next show in January because we both made predictions on that about how, how it would be received. But um, so we'll kind of leave it at that. But obviously, that that was great to have them on. 
uh, and we look forward to having more Disney projects featured in the future, which is all in the works, which is really fantastic. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the the coolest, I think, most Instagram and Twitter were the uh, uh, surprise openings was the light show on Spaceship Earth uh, at Epcot, yeah. and uh, we're uh, hoping to have uh, Jason Reed, the lighting designer from that show, uh, on our show next year as well. So look out for that. Yeah, and there are and there are a few kind of other sleeper things that opened. Um, you know, I'd, I'd probably say you know, and it's actually kind of recent. The Universal Escape Rooms opened up this weekend. Uh, this yeah, this past weekend. You know, I I don't know if I'll ever go or when I'll go or or what have you. Um, but I, I got a comment on this. Go ahead, CJ, put that up. Just the fact that how much of this like is ripping off of the great movie ride? Um, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got I got to say on just the overall styling of it. I I will say I I was a big you know I used to go to the Groove which is where this this is now at the nightclub and used to have fun and, and um, oh that's where it is I didn't know yeah so I was just know, about to ask where it was yeah and so it's always sad to see you know the Pleasure Island die a little bit more and more and more as we go on in the years but um, this COVID killed it so so nightclub was killed by this you know. I'm not seeing it, but for those that don't know, um, you know, they have a, 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 a escape experience of sorts. It's been called kind of like a walkthrough where you solve puzzles. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it can really be called an escape room if you can't lose. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting thing because I, I went to a place called the Bureau here in Orlando for a Halloween party. And it, it seems like it was pretty similar of like, you go from room to room, and there are a lot of rooms. So you go from room to room and kind of keep going through the experience and you kind of keep walking through, but there's a whole narrative. And so it's kind of like the next evolution of like, how do we keep capacity up and not just have people staying in a room for you know X amount? So I, I, you know, I thought it was a goof, at least the Bureau in Orlando, unrelated to this. Um, but I mean, I gotta say, you know, after dark, you know, it's after six, 60 bucks. Yeah. I'm. I don't know. I, I don't even know. I'm in this position where I don't even really know what theme parks cost these days, unless like a random day where I'm not using an annual pass or I'm not using you know signing or whatever. And sixty dollars. That's 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 for an hour or ninety minute experience. That that feels a little. That's 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 a lot. And I heard there's no live actors too. So um, I mean, it's like would I rather go to pay a little bit more and go to Hoop to Do Review and get a full mm. meal, full alcohol, full everything, or go to mm. a I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to hear what the audience thinks about escape rooms in general. What's your? I mean, what's, what is your take on escape rooms? Well, I happen to be working on some escape rooms right now. Uh, not these escape rooms, but some other ones. Um, and I can tell you, uh, you know, I, I haven't actually worked on one before, and, and this is a surprising amount of work that goes into them that I hadn't really considered. Um, from you know not just the the writing of the puzzles and the creation of everything, but the props and and then just the the challenge of operating them as well, especially when you have live actors, which most don't, but some do. Um, you know, and and from what I've gathered, the sixty dollars is uh, on the high end, but not out of the question for escape rooms in general, especially in a tourism market. You know, I mean, you get here in L.A. and like the Valley, we have, I don't know, 20 or 30 escape rooms. We have a lot. But, you know, they're they're not for tourists. They're for locals. So it's like, you know, 40 bucks. Yeah. And, and up to this point, you know, I don't. And they're mean, not I, and they're not IP, too. They're not, you know, Jurassic yeah. Park. Well, and, and I'll just say, you know, I hadn't really heard of to me. An escape room was like a, like maybe a twenty five dollar thing. 
And then I went to look at what the bureau was because I was like, okay, well, they're charging sixty bucks with the bureau, and you know they're essentially charging forty one to forty two dollars for there. So I'm like, okay, I guess that's that's it. And just in general, I think what's really cool is that you know themed entertainment is so out of um, out of hands or out of the hands of people to really do, but escape rooms and haunted attractions are feel attainable for people, and it's all the same principles. It's all storytelling thematic design and like you said there is an added level of game uh that is there so you know i, I think it's cool to see and, and I, I appreciate to see how it all evolves I, I think it's just a matter of like how do you pay off on it and when you tie an ip to it there's a lot of expectations that come with it you know especially when you're competing with Velocicoaster, you know or back to the future of the ride or you know well, another mindset of it like the level of theming and now there's the new kinds of things that would be uh i uh, I recently did the Stranger Things experience um, here in Los Angeles. That's been traveling around. Started in San Francisco, and uh, I think it's been in London as well. Um, I, full disclosure: I have a lot of friends that worked on it. People that you know and that I know, both of us. Yeah. Um, and it, it was um, not, not only did it have some escape escapey room elements to it there were a couple of uh, puzzles and audience interaction kind of stuff but very light i think probably more towards the kind of uh, experience that the uh, universal escape rooms are um but this had live actors and fully immersive sets and theatrical lighting and some incredible media and great audio and and included uh you know most of the uh, the main actors, the kids from the yeah. show, uh, it was really, really elaborate, and um, I, f- I I can't recall exactly how much it is. I, I think I want to say it's like eighty bucks. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't pay. I went with you know one of the senior producers, and um, you know, and it's it was actually really great. And because they had this whole after the experience like sort of hangout space like a bar and food and beverage and merchandise and stuff and and like instagram spots where you can pose with the demogorgon and pose with vecna and all that kind of stuff we were there for two or three hours between getting into the building and and going into the pre-show and having a bite to eat and having a couple of drinks we were there for like it was like a three-hour experience for like whatever it is 70 80 bucks and if I had, you know, one of the big discussions amongst the group was like, if you had paid eighty dollars for this, would you feel as though you got your money's worth? And I think absolutely, we we would have. Well, and that's an interesting, you know, discussion, and is and and we're gonna we'll talk about Disney and, and a lot of things that happen with Disney a little bit later. But just you know, it's common that people throw out, oh well, you know, a, a day at Disney costs a hundred and X dollars, and go to a ski slope that costs this much, and to go to this and like try to. But it is hard to comp things, you know. So if you're fully engulfed in an immersive experience, you know, $80 seems like a steal. It's like, oh, yeah, I want this level. Like you're almost going to a Broadway or a show, you know. Right. Well, in a Broadway show, you're not getting into for less than $100. Yeah. Well, and that's that's kind of the thing. So when I uh, – and like I haven't been on this experience, so I don't want to negate it in any way. But when I was at the Bureau, <laughs> the Bureau that no one's ever heard of, um, <laughs> they had live actors in every scene. So in my head, I'm like – they are paying this person X amount of dollars an hour and there's nothing that's ever going to change that about the value that a live actor brings to an experience. So definitely a bit surprised to hear that. Were know, they good? Was, was it effective? I mean, God bless them. They're in character and it's fun and they're whimsical and they're engaging. And they're, you know, it was a group, a group of a bunch of uh, gay drunk guys that I was with. So I mean, 
I, I appreciate it. So I just appreciate it. You know, yeah, you, pre- you appreciate the effort that goes into it. Yeah. And in a town like Orlando, you can't throw a stone and find it, not find an actor that's willing to, you know, give it their all, you know? So, uh, yeah, just an interesting, interesting perspective, you know, we'll see how it evolves, but you can imagine that, you know, even if there was a character that like is the, you know, the, the movie prop or the movie host or whatever, and he's like a main character inviting you in. And then there's another, like you could ease, I know it costs a lot of money to do these things, but, um, you know, I think it's important to have that human touch, even just a little bit along the way. So we'll see. I, I, I don't know if I'll ever experience it. I probably, sure, at some point I will. But <laughs> it was interesting to hear that I didn't have any live actors as part of it with that price tag. Um, just yeah. talking about this, just talking about this out loud, yeah. it makes me think like maybe we should do a show about these sort of like escape room themed experience, yeah. themed brand experiences, you know, kind of thing. Get some people on to talk about that. I'd love to. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, I'm sure we could try to track somebody down um, who's worked on the, I know a few people who've worked on escape rooms and I know you do as well. So that is, a, that's a great topic. Uh, yeah. Cause as CJ's in the background, new show idea, escape rooms. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have our show document down here and it was like, Oh, thanks. <laughs> one, I think we're going to see it's the convergence of, of puzzles and games and all those things you know we are a good friend of ours dave cobb who started you know started working for a company that's doing gamey type stuff and all these Tabletop. things gonna, yeah all these things are going to converge into just like these really cool experiences um so before we uh move on um just kind of trends in the industry I, i'd love to hear your top your thoughts on the metaverse so it's been a buzzword um, you know, Michael Libby, friend of the show, friend of ours, you know, he's always on whatever TEA talk talking about the metaverse and, um, you know, what, are, what, what you can't mention it's, 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 you know, and uh, literally Facebook and Instagram changed their name to be meta to try to own the metaverse. And they're, you know, whenever they show a video, it's like some random weird thing. Uh, and, and then with that, I think we should parlay into AI because that's actually a really interesting game changer that we're all seeing um that's it with the illustration of writing so what do you what do you think about the metaverse andy um yeah to cj this we're definitely gonna talk about chat gpt um and i don't know if you saw the um the prompts that i fed into it and what the responses that i got it was uh, nauseatingly shocking anyway but metaverse i don't know um it makes me think of that meme of stop trying to make blank happen. <laughs> I think that, you know, Zuckerberg is like, stop trying to make the metaverse happen because people aren't ready for it. Um, the hardware, the infrastructure, the software is not there yet. Um, the the mass appeal of uh, VR and wearing headsets as like a, a daily thing for hours at a time, I think is literally decades away. Uh, I think it's still a very niche technology for the 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 privileged tech elite. You know, I know I do know a lot of people that spend a lot of time in VR and headsets and stuff, but that's for highly highly specialized uh, architecture, engineering, and design applications. Uh, and I, I'm not sure it's ready for prime time yet. I mean, and also. I'm shocked at how little people are discussing things like Second Life, which uh, I was a small part of. By a part of, I mean I was a participant in it. I didn't have anything to do with the creation of it or anything like that, but I was on it uh, briefly. And and uh, I know people that met and got married on it in real life. Um, and that was sort of like the metaverse before VR and AR. It was just you know on your computer screen, on your standard deaf computer screen. 
and you had an avatar and it was this 3d world and you could you know buy and design your own clothes and your change your appearance and live in a, you know a house of your own design and and on you know your virtual property and all this kind of stuff and it's just like they're trying to make this sound like this is like some big new idea that mike zuckerberg has, has invented and and it's so half-baked coming out of the gate as it is and you know what are they they've spent like what 20 billion dollars or some astronomical amount on on developing this and and it just kind of looks dumb and like who's it for really you know yeah i mean that's my unhinged rant about the metaverse <laughs> well yeah it's an interesting thing because i have the same opinion as you like it feels like it's the new vr vr of the 90s you know when all we heard about was ar or a, sorry vr yeah and it's gonna be the latest and greatest disney quest is gonna be... <laughs> hey hey deck how you doing um, and next thing you know, it's in every mall and then it's out of every mall, kind of like a flavor of the, of the month kind of thing almost. And then we had the resurgence of VR on roller coasters and experiences and all that. Uh, once the, you know, the Oculus came out and you could get it down to a reasonable size and that came and went. And I, I just think fundamentally there are different entertainment, um, sectors that all do similar things but they have a unique group of people that are very interested in that so for example video games and and depending i mean i play video ga- I, I play games on my iphone all the time but they're very they're puzzle games right so you know uh, but role-playing games and stepping into things and you know the latest system and uh you know world of Warcraft. i don't even know if that's still a relevant game or not but it is a lot of people still play it. Okay, cool. So it's like that's stepping into role playing. And so I feel like for that, it's 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 a, a feature, but not the product that that really comes down to, uh, you know, VR. So when we talk about recreating the world in the real world. I just don't get. It's the kind of what, what, what why, why and what are we doing? And until you can kind of like just like put a like a you know, a, a nah, or what do they call it? Like a little thing in my, a, a node into my head and transfer me somewhere and it feels real. You're always going to have it being not reality and not as engaging as the real world or specifically yeah. with us in entertainment where we make our living creating new worlds and storytelling. Um, so it's, it's just, it's an interesting thing to, to see <clears throat> almost like the battle of like immersive environments versus screens you know, okay, we're going to, you know, we're, is that happening? Is it being blended right? Um, or is it just, a, you know, it's a tool. Um, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty just kind of ignoring, I don't want to say I'm ignoring it. I'm just kind of like, okay, you know, I, I don't really, I, I don't know, you know, what it's going to do for us. Um, I, I, I think I have my head wrapped around it a little bit. It just seems like a lot of, like a little, almost like a fad in a way. But I don't even know if it's the right level of fad because I don't know who's using it or, or interested in using it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, and I mean, I don't think it's it's really gonna, uh, you know, I, we're so far from like the the oasis from Ready Player One and Ready Player Two, yeah. um, uh, you know, for me in my mind, like when it's that okay, I'm in, you know, short, right. but and then you, you know you're still gonna have to have people like us creating content, like like designers creating yeah. experiences in the metaverse, you know, but it's going to be a whole different set of tools, not only in terms of design and production, but like we have been trained our entire careers to 
devise experiences that are actually physically buildable uh, within a budget. And if you're designing for the metaverse, there is no budget. There is there are no physical constraints, you know, for gravity, you know, physical forces, you know, you know, uh, building buildings and you know, like the, et cetera, you know, so, you know, when the sky is the limit in terms of design, then it, it, I think that, you know, uh, it's going to be a totally different ball game. And also the other thing too, is that like the metaverse already feels like another grift, like, uh, NFTs mm -hmm. because with, with the, with the real estate boom, you know, yeah. the virtual real estate boom, if you will, you know, people buying up, you know, mil millions of real dollars worth of this virtual real estate, uh, you know, as, you know, speculations, you know, yeah. speculators. It just feels like, oh, great. Now this. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and yeah, so we'll, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, we, we should get Michael Libby to come on here and give his whole speech about it. Cause to give a fair shot, I'm just very much like, okay, what, what is this? Why is this? And what, you know, maybe I'm just not in the right demographic. I'm sure that if I, you know, play video, video games, real playing, I'd want to do that. But even then, like, I'm okay with just, playing controller so i don't know we'll see how it goes um you, you kind of hinted at this um a bit about you know ai and the importance of humans um but gosh if if, if you have not heard of chat chat gbt gpt um, yeah I, this is by open source so kind of like a, a whole ai uh experiment um you know elon musk founded it with several other people i just mentioned him because he's controversial these days uh, is my screen sharing? Uh, can you? Yeah, you can see it. So this is how it works. You literally you just say whatever you want in here, and it'll write it. Uh, so like I'm gonna I'm gonna read yeah. one of the ones that I put in. Yeah. Uh, if if you're if you're friends with me on Facebook, you've already seen this, but I think most people watching aren't. But uh, here's the prompt that I put in: Create a detailed treatment for an energetic musical theme park parade based on the sinking of the Titanic. And can you can you slow down and say that again? Create a, create a detailed treatment for an energetic musical theme park parade based on the sinking of the Titanic, and it immediately spit out this treatment title. Hey, hold, Andy, I'm doing it in real time. You see on the screen, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, energetic. We'll see what it see what it spits out. It, what was it again? An energetic theme park parade for. An energetic musical theme park parade based on the sinking of the Titanic. Let's see what it is if it comes up with the same thing that it already did for me. Learning. Titanic. Okay. It just does a feature flow. <laughs> that is different from what I have. It's learning. <laughs> Balloons and streamers. Oh my gosh. Wow, this is much longer than the one that I have as well. Yeah. So now I can I can add an adjustment. I can say make the parade arrive. Yeah, everybody, you need to go on here and just experience it because it's 
really nothing I've ever seen like it. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I <laughs> this is amazing. As the coaster reaches the midpoint of the ride. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was talking with with uh, Julie Depew about this, and I was just, yeah, especially with the treatment that I got for the parade. It's basically like that's a that's a it's a document that you would have uh, normally paid five hundred dollars for. You would have paid right. somebody like Julie or you five hundred dollars for this. Yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, I mean, everybody, you need to go online and watch this uh, or do it yourself. And I, I think what's really startling about this is that uh, you know you can go in here and say. You know, write a marketing a marketing email for this parade. Um, uh, no, apparently, oh wow, this is this. You can go you can go round round on this. Uh, apparently, this, a lot of people are using it to generate code as well for programming, oh, wow. which which is incredible. Oh, it's yeah, still going. You can write. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to read anything loud. Yeah, are you? So now it's it's doing this. Um, it's doing marketing copy for it. Um, and I, I have to say this. I'm not going to name names uh, to protect the innocent, uh, but I know at least one person who is using this tool and, excuse me, Mid Journey Four to generate early concept for experiences uh, as a jumping off point for the team. Well, and it's interesting, you know, and, and you know, I highly recommend anybody to to do this. We'll have to put it in the comments if we haven't already had done it. Um. Oh, CJ, oh. CJ wrote in our private chat, write an outline for a projection show. I tried to get it to write a uh, a lagoon show based on human centipede, and it wouldn't do it. It said it was inappropriate. <laughs> right, I'm so sorry, my screen, right? Um, <laughs> right. Well, uh, uh, I'll do a different lagoon show for <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> I, I could do this for three hours. Yeah, I did do it for three hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, this, this, this yeah, is yeah. crazy. I mean, really, yeah, it's insane. It's completely insane. insane. Um, I don't. I I think that there's always been this thing in my head of like, yeah, I'm a writer. I do theme park writing and 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 all that. And not for long. What's that? Not for long. You know, and I, and I said, you know. <laughs> This is I can do this, and this is a safe job because it's you know it's X. Um, I had I had this thing write a ten scene individual scene synopsis of a dark ride based on uh, the novel of Mice and Men, and then yeah. I had it write uh, a ten scene uh, treatment, uh, a detailed ten scene treatment uh, for a flume ride based on California tax law. Hold on. Actually, okay, hold on. Create a. <laughs> I guess I'll do it. I'm there. Oh, actually, create a, a Canadian theme park. Oh, we did a Netflix theme park too, and it was just like, oh, Stranger Things and Westworld, yeah. or blah blah blah, it was, or whatever. Yeah. It was just like, holy shit! Such a diverse culture now. The part of a future thing. Really. So, I mean, I, I think that it gives you kind of a framework. I, I do think it's not there all the way. It is interesting to be in such a we're in a kind of in such a specific um, industry that any time that anything comes close to kind of doing writing into because one thing to do a marketing email it's one thing to do another thing and then and you know marketing copy but like it's kind of understand what a roller coaster is and to what you need to do on a roller coaster pretty impress impressive um overall well, how do we how do we feel about visual ai artwork stuff now like with with mid journeys and and um yeah. Dali and all that you know essentially scraping the web for other people's work and synthesizing from from specific artworks 
Well, without mean, it, consent. It's yeah. I mean that. Let's we can put that kind of ethics aside. I, I think what's interesting is when you look at um, technology and how it enhances what we do. Uh, you know, and graphic designers used to do it by hand, and then they had Photoshop and Illustrator, and it made the time that it took for them to do work much quicker. But we know the devils in the details and really having right. to, you know know what you're doing. Um, you can look at to that also in. Uh, writing so there's spell check there's word processing there's grammarly which starts to pick up on things so i think these tools are are going to be there what's different is this is about content creativity creation and pulling your experiences from life that we used to hold so dear and think that's why we're different now it pulls into into the system and kind of gives you something i don't think it's perfect obviously i i think it's it's an interesting framework. Like if I was starting to work on a project and an IP, I had no idea. Yeah. I'd type it in just say, Hey, you know, do a X theme park and then just see what it says. And it'd probably pull a bunch of characters. I didn't realize that maybe were important. Um, my, my sister is very into Xena warrior princess. So I would, I would type in a Xena Prince, Xena warrior princess theme park. Also had it do like an article debating whether or not Gabrielle and, and Xena should be together. In the show. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. And it did a whole article. It did a whole article. It's it's pretty crazy technology. So wow. I, I'd say that for people, writers, like it is it is filling in a lot of blanks. Um and where where I think I can bring my value, and I'd say this to anybody that's a, a theme park designer watching, is it's time to load up the toolbox even more. So uh or your knowledge base. So you know, if you're you're currently looking for work, you don't have a job, never worked in a theme park, go work at a theme park. You know, um, that kind of knowledge of operations and, and spatial that's and right now an AI is not gonna be able to pick that up. Um, and what's buildable, right? So you can go to a concept art and say, Hey, I'm gonna go ahead and draw this and it may do something really spectacular, but is it gonna know what the rough budget is? You know, there's things like that that aren't here now. <laughs> so maybe we have a few years uh, on that front to uh Keep it going, and then we'll just be maintaining the robots as they right. uh, design yeah, experiences for you it. Know, I'm hoping that that they don't come from music, the kind of music that I do, at least for a while. Oh, <laughs> give man. me, give me yeah. a few, give me a few years to, you know, build up my 401k some more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it, I mean, definitely worth testing out. Um, it's it's very interesting. So let's let's switch gears here a little bit. Um, love to talk about, you know, maybe a couple industry nods. So we had the Lost Island theme park won the Theo Award. No, nope, the uh, Volcano we, at the Volcano ride at. Yeah, uh, I'll talk about Lost that a little Island. bit, Andy. Yeah, I mean, you know, our friends at Sally, uh, you know, created this really cool uh, interactive dark ride at uh, this, this brand new theme park. Um, I think it's in was it Wisconsin, Indiana, hmm. somewhere? I can't remember. I should I should have had that ready to go. Anyway, new theme park opened uh, this year. Um, regional theme park, small local theme park, but a theme park nonetheless. And it's a rare one. One actually, a new one at, from scratch actually opens, and this one did, and that included this uh, incredibly cool dark ride that just won a Thea Award for uh, for I think best dark ride or limited budget maybe. Again, I should have had this ready to go. But uh, I just think it's great that uh, you know congratulations to our friends at Sally for that. Yeah, we know that the, they got the promotion for chief creative officer at Sally. Yes, uh, Rich Hill uh, ascended to chief creative officer. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, uh, you know, uh, there's people you meet in this industry are like the nicest people in the world. Rich Hill is like one of the nicest people in the world. So absolutely. Congratulations yeah. to him on that promotion ascending, ascending, as you say. Uh, and then, you know, kind of drilling in, there were a couple other announcements. You know, there's so much Saudi work going on right now. Kadia yes. and, uh, you know, something posts on LinkedIn and then you're like, oh, I thought I was working on that prop. You know, you know it's it, they're everywhere. They're <coughs> doing their big 2030 push um, to re- revitalize, um, you know, they're standing in the world and bringing entertainment uh, to, to their people, which is exciting and lots of work for our industry. So congratulations on to those um announcements and it's along the way andy i'm sure you'll touch it as well as i as it keeps going through um so uh, are any thoughts on that andy or um no i mean yeah seven made those big announcements the big announcement with the the giant fecs that they're building all over the country um that i yeah. uh, think well think well has uh designed with them and uh it's a big big news we're gonna hopefully i'll be getting to work on that as well yeah i know for sure well and, and that kind of gives us the kind of the major um announcements that came this year you know we haven't really touched on disney and i would love to chat about disney for a little bit uh you know universal they're humming along epic universe is coming minions announced we, we kind of know all these things but <clears throat> nothing major was really open this year um unless i already for, I forgot it but velasco is the last one um there was a lot of action at Disney and but Disney and Universal all had record profits, so you know at the and in some cases at the expense of other places of their business. Um, yeah. yeah, so our uh, industry has always been the cash cow, right? People go to theme parks, they enjoy them, they want to be coming to us, so we're we're always there um, for them, um, except when it comes to the pandemic, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but we were, we're, we're it, people are going, you know, they're getting as much profits as possible. Yeah, uh, pen, pen, pent, up de, pent up demand was a real thing. Yeah, pent up demand. And, you know, I, I think what's interesting is we had some pretty big campaigns and big announcements. And I'm going to try to do this in chronological order. We had the Walt Disney World 50th anniversary. Um, and I, I got to tell you, you know, I worked at Disneyland during the 50th anniversary and it was huge, you know. And I, I was there weekly yeah. and it was, it was, it transformed everything. It transformed the, completely transformed the experience. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't like to, you know, be too, you know, grandiose when I speak about things, but 20, you know, after 2001, um, the, the travel industry really took a hit. So it wasn't crowd, you know, it was crowded. Maintenance had kind of fallen into, you know, disregard with the Paul Pressley era, Cynthia Harris era. Things were not looking too hot. And and then it was a dark time. It was a it was a dark time. Uh, and then they really fast tracked, you know, a, a lot of things, um, maintenance and getting the park up to up to snuff. And they they really opened with only a you know a, you know Buzz Lightyear was a little bit earlier in 20, 2005, you know, in April, uh, or maybe it was March. It was actually opened in March. And then Space Mountain. Um, and they opened up with the fireworks and the parade and the way they handled that campaign, the nostalgia, all of it, remember dreams come true, which is to me, the best fireworks show, night, night fireworks show ever created. Yep. Original version. It's not, not even close. Yeah, um, I agree. It, it was game. I, I never thought a fireworks show could do that. You know, like it's one of those moments where you're just like, wait, what just happened? I saw that show over probably 200 times cause I worked it. Yeah. <clears throat> but I first, you know, when I saw, I saw it, I guess on like May 4th, like or May 3rd, the preview day, whatever it was when they were doing, 
am blown away. You know, just yeah. wow. The, 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 you know, Matterhorn is a battling Frontierland right now. During a, like, you're just like, wait, what? Like, it was just, it was stunning. Yeah. Um, and so my expectations were met with, okay, a new ride and a firework show and, you know, nostalgia, play up on that, all the retro merch. So then we got the 50th anniversary at Walt Disney World that came and basically at this point kind of came and went. And, you know, it, it's very, <laughs> just very interesting to see how they handled it. And I'm just going to speak freely because they've already acknowledged it, but, you know, harmonious and what I don't actually know. I don't remember what enchantment happily ever after. Oh, uh, the, I think it's called, maybe it's called enchantment right now at magic kingdom, but they acknowledge that those shows are going away, you know? So yeah. they brought these and, and we could probably chatter about what was actually going to be during the pandemic and what they pushed out to be now like harmonious, but it, it, it was very interesting to see them, you know, Josh tomorrow kind of almost laugh it off. Like, ah, well, we're getting rid of harmonious. Yeah. It was so funny. Uh, the D 23 parks and resorts uh, uh, presentation and Josh was like, harmonious is out. And everybody just jumped to their feet. Yeah. <laughs> you never oh, see people so happy. Huh? Did you ever get a chance to watch harmonious? Not in person though. Yeah. And actually, it actually picks up better on video than it does in person. Um, oh, wow. I would have yeah, the opposite. It's so, you know, very interesting to see the 50th anniversary kind of coming by without a kind of not really an identity, not really knowing what it, I mean, kind of, a, you know, kind of disappointing um, uh, from my point of view, but having been a cast member and a fan and, and, and had that nostalgia. Um, and then they acknowledged it. it was almost like the fast and the furious moment at, you know, at IAPA last year. Oh, you weren't there when, when um, um, I think Terry or, or Mark Woodbury acknowledged the fast and the furious just they shouldn't have done that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, it was shocking to me, shocking, and I'm sure disappointing to a lot of people that they didn't capitalize on the nostalgia of the anniversary yeah. and what, you know, what it means, you know, to generations of families that have been going there for, you know, 50 years and whole generations of families going sometimes dozens of times. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, our friend, our friend uh, and friend of the show, Damian Montanil, uh, he it's, he told me that if uh, when he was at IAPA, if he had gone to a Disney park, I don't think he did. It would have been his 50th trip mm-hmm. from New Jersey. And when he was he was growing up in New Jersey, uh, his family went so often that that would have been his 50th trip to the to the resort, which is incredible for somebody who doesn't live in Florida. Yeah, no, it is. And. I, so I, I mean, there's kind of one of these things, you know, you can't really go back that we have one fiftieth to live, you know. Right. Um, but I, you know, I, 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 it, it happened. You know, I, I, I feel like if they just would have done their version of "Remember Dreams Come True," I mean, you could have lifted most of the show. Um, yeah. And and it'd be a real celebration of Magic Kingdom and all the part. You know, I don't know. Someone needs to pay me to go in there and uh, rattle some pages. Um, <laughs> or put it, uh, feed it into chat GPT. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Create a 50th anniversary for... Uh... All right, oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're going to do it. All right. All right. So here we go. You guys can see the screen. Create a 50th anniversary show for Walt. Disney World uh, fireworks. Hang on, I gotta actually do this nice spot. Um, 50th anniversary fireworks show for Walt Disney World. Um, that is located 
at Magic Kingdom. Should I say yep. it's nostalgic or just leave it at that? I think you should say nostalgic. Or not. Maybe maybe yeah. didn't maybe wait for the nostalgia. I'll say add more to the nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Create a 50th anniversary fire show from all Disney. Here we go. Buckle up. Yeah, even they do it. Park storied history. Yeah. Yep. Park's history. It's a float. <laughs> I don't know. Something happened here. Wow. That's a little creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, one of the first the first few uh one of these that I did, I, I had that that um that nausea that you get from total cognitive dissonance. Yeah. I just added more fireworks. Add more add, add more nostalgia. Fireworks. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, it's, uh, it's no Steve Davidson, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so interesting to see that and 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 kind of the acknowledgement about that. Kind of, I don't know, it was a kind of a fizzle, but coming off of COVID, kind of a challenge. Um, so yeah, Harmonious is gone. Uh, okay, so Happy Live After, I think it's going back. Yeah, that's right. Um, and that 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 leads to. Really, now we're, start, now we're starting to edge into predictions. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I will say that the the news that rocked the world happened. I think coming just off IAPA, right a Sunday after IAPA, Bob Chapek um, unceremoniously fired or left or asked to leave or whatever speak there is for that kind of thing. I mean, an unceremonious is an understatement for the way that it was handled, at least publicly, for him getting out of there. Um, Bob Iger coming in, um, basically to write the ship. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Alex Grayman said, uh, you know, uh, you know, oh, oh gosh, you know, oh gosh, I was blown a bit. Long, not, uh, you know, RIP Bob, long, long live Bob. I got to look it up. It was funnier than that, but just the fact that it's Bob for Bob. But Bob new, Bob Iger- same as, new Bob, same as old Bob. <laughs> Bob Iger's in, Bob Chapek out. And I mean, kind of, I mean, really, probably the biggest theme park news or news in Disney in general we've had um, in, since Epic Universe was announced. Um, where were you when you heard that? that so I, I feel like I was at ground zero of this yeah. because um, I was at the, I was at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, you're the uh, for the, uh, the final uh, Elton John farewell tour concert. Uh, for North America. And I was there with like Dave Cobb and MK Haley and a whole bunch of other people. We were all there. And uh, Jason McManus was the first person to text me. And then when I I joined the group, it was, you know, those scenes in movies, like in the white house press room, when some sort of horrible global calamity happens and everyone's phones go off at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) It was like that. Everyone, like everyone's phones were just blowing up. Yeah. And what's funny is that later we learned that Bob Chapek was supposed to introduce Elton John. Right, yeah. And then obviously that didn't happen. And I've also since heard that down at the Disney box, uh, the Disney Plus box, who's that guy who uh, used to run DPEP uh, at... Um, yeah, he was he uh, was in the, the hospitality suite there and just quietly walked out and, and yeah. left. Uh, that was his right-hand man, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you know, very, very crazy. I mean, if you would have told me this would happen, I, I would have said, no, that no, because you never see swift movement by anybody ever. Right. And so this wasn't, you know, this wasn't because of the Disney park reservation system, although they, they wanted, they won't, you know, they won't return my letters. Um, <laughs> there was a really horrendous earnings call. Uh, you know, Disney plus is losing money, not a shocker, but it's losing money. <laughs> Um, stock is yeah. at a as, an, as a historic low. Yeah, stocks at a, a store. It's hard to know because of the whole stock split thing. Uh, when I was at Disney, I, I mean, wow. When I was at Disney, it may have been like in the twenties or maybe it got to the eighties. It's hard to tell with all because always split stock and it's hard it to splits, tell. yeah. Um, but really, my you know my phone blew up. I I my my friends that work at Disney who got the email. Um, I'll speak off record. Just said. They thought it was a phishing email, like they were reporting. Oh my gosh, this is not a real email. Because what? It's so what? shocking. That's 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 crazy news. And I mean, I mean, just it's interesting because there's been so much celebration in the in the community um, and kind of across everywhere. Um, I, I do not know the man personally, you know, and, and and these big huge machines are big, and it's it's hard to really pinpoint the blame of who and this and that. But we do have some pretty specific examples of where things did not feel like they went right. You know, there's yeah, yeah, just uh, out of out of touch decisions and behavior. Yeah, ScarJo, the ScarJo incident was probably one of the biggest that got out there, and um, just the whole like overnight change that Bob Iberger recommended. Hey, we're not going to have all decisions going to Kareem anymore. We're going to have it going to the studio heads and people who are leading the creative. Um, just, just super fascinating to see it. And I, I mean, I'll make some predict, uh, no, maybe we'll do it in the prediction show. We'll do it. Mm, yeah. We'll do it in the prediction show. I have a prediction about Bob Iger and how long he'll, he'll actually stay. Um, well, he has but, a two year contract now. Yeah. But like, at the, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, we have to predict, uh, who, who will replace him. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll have, we'll come up with a few things yeah. um, around that for the prediction show. January with 9th. some flashy graphics. Some flashy graphics. Uh, I mean, guys, uh, you all lived it. I know we have a lot of people watching right now. What'd you think of Bob Iger replacing Bob Chapek? And and it's really messed up because I can't. I, in my head, I want to say Bob Chapek, but or no, Paycheck. <laughs> but I mix them up. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, gosh, I mean, oh, and the don't the candling of the don't say gay bill. I mean, just there are there are public examples that rub people the wrong way. Um, and you know, it's it's exciting to see just a change happened like that. And you're kind of bringing back, you know, Luke Skywalker walks in. I'm not, I mean, I mean, Bob Iger and the, the Iger years were pretty great. You know, um, if you look at the totality of brought Disney or bought Marvel, bought um, um, Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm. I mean, those are huge gets um, mm. for, for, for them. It's all good to me. Love it. Hey, Alan. Hey, Alan. Um, so interesting to see, um, and what are the decisions? You know, it's going to take a while to see um, what's going to get done. I know that there, I'm sure everything's going to be revisited. Um, interesting news, just because it does affect us is, you know, he was asked point blank in a, in a town hall meeting about Disney park reservation. And he basically said, uh, I'm going to talk to Josh about that. Um, which was basically like a clear indication of like, he doesn't yeah, even like, know about it. Yeah. Like the people who are, the people who are in leadership positions really are running the show. I'm here to guide them. So yeah. I think that there has been a lot of um, I mean, here's, APEC, the, but versus the people who probably are making those decisions. And then there's, you know, but well, so sorry, go ahead, Andy. 
the dirty secret about reservations and also all the mobile ordering stuff and Genie Plus and Lightning Lightning Aid, as much as we as we hate them and uh, and they're bad for the guest experience, um, they are making the company. That's where those record profits are coming from. It's not necessarily from increased attendance. It's it's from the increased extraction of dollars from the current attendance. And I'll just say I have no issue with mobile order. Um, and now I'm like, it's not great here. It's not great. It's not great if you yeah. walk up, if you walk up to like Pim's lab, and there's literally no one there, you can't just um, walk up and order. You have to do go to go through the mobile, and it's like, like you know, and then it's like, oh, you're going to be ready in 45 minutes. And like, there's nobody here. Like, why is it going to be 45 minutes? Yeah, I mean, it's infuriating. I, I will, I will tell you, I did have an interesting experience. I, did, I was at Disneyland a few, like a month ago, and. We want to do like the market cafe or market square. I forget what it's called in New Orleans, but um, and French market, French market. And so I got the motor order and it's like, okay, it's going to be ready in an hour or 45 minutes. Like it was way out there. And then we walked. And there was in. nobody there, right? No. Yeah. We could have just gone right in. And so I was like, um, that's, this should just not be open. Um, yeah. And they gave us our food in like plastic bags to go. And it's like, I want it like the gumbo with the tray. Or, yeah, it's like no, like nuts. So I, I'd say they haven't quite figured it out at Disneyland. Here at Disney World, it's like it's neither here nor there. And they and it's like a fifty percent distribution now. We're more, or maybe we're like seventy thirty. We're like seventy percent is cash registers and thirty percent is mobile order. So I don't mind it. And it's another pro tip to anybody watching. So like for those that are drinkers out there, if you're at like Walt Disney world and you, you go to connections cafe and it says mobile order in 15 minutes and all you want is a beer. Cause it's uh, they, you know, the beer stands don't have the premium highlight IPA just order it on your app and just go, Hey, I just have a beer. Can you get it to me? And they'll just give you, you'll give it to you right away. Um, so, so yeah, some pro tips. If you have like a really small order that doesn't require, you know, food, it's probably more a drink thing. So you can do that. Clayton Davis, uh, my first thought was, man, they really won't let him retire. Yeah, like who do you hand over the company to at this point? Um, yeah. It's it's so interesting. Um, so Bob Iger's in, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how that affects things. You know, um, it's it feels like the whole Disney company was like paused and shaken up during the pandemic, right? Like what? I don't know what the new attractions are, what their four or five year announced plan is. It's so vague. It really, it, it really felt like uh, back in was February or March of la- of 2020 and last year to two years ago now, almost three now, uh, where Iger just sort of like tossed the keys, keys of the car, the car keys to Chapek and was like, all right, good luck, kid. You know? Yeah. And it was a tough thing. It was kind of like a lame duck thing. He's like, you have your old boss hanging around, you know, you don't yeah. want that, right? You want to get your, yeah. you want to make changes. Um, so we'll see what happens. You know, it's, it's kind of one of these things where, like, you were kind of inferring. Bob Chapek had the, you know, had the helm for two years, throwing probably the, you know, biggest shock to hit system than anything. With it's one thing to have like tourism go down, but you always have your movies side. But movies, we know that cord cutting's happening, <coughs> cables on the way out. <coughs> so, what a crazy time to try to be in, in charge and. I I will just say, and it's been said by smarter people than me, but a creative person needs to be in charge of this company. Yeah. You know, it is a content creation company. And I and, and it can be said to have somebody, you know, have a really creative uh chief operator or a chief executive officer, or have a chief creative officer 
and then have an operating like have an operating officer to run the business. But you need that creative. We know that during the uh, Eisner and Wells era with Wells, it worked out very well. Um, you know, people say that Bob Iger was able to kind of balance both, which is great. Um, but bring in somebody who's creative. Um, and what's what's I mean, we could talk a little bit more about it during your um, during the prediction show because I, I don't actually think anything's going to get announced this year, um, next year. But what would be your dream, your dream C chief creative person or whoever to take over that side of the company? Be that leader. Man, I don't know. I'm I'm still of the belief that uh, there's a distinct possibility that Apple could be by Disney next year, mm-hmm. and um, and then you have Tim Cook is sort of the CEO of Apple Disney. I don't yeah. know. That'd but be- I don't know. I, I feel like you ne- you do need somebody creative. You know, I mean, I, I don't see, you know, you know, I don't know if Josh tomorrow has has had the opportunity to make any like wildly creative big decisions for the parks, um, you know, but, you know, uh, he's much more well liked than Chapek was. And it's I think it's a real shame that let's not that Tom Staggs was overlooked in favor of Chapek. I think he would have been a much better fit. He was more on the creative side than, you know, Chapek just being a you know numbers guy. You know, and a lot of people don't realize too is is at the heart Disney is a creative organization, but they are also highly, highly data driven um by uh, you know, uh guest uh surveys and all kinds of uh, information gathering like that and data mining from Disney plus and things like that. Uh, so a lot of decisions, big decisions are, are backed up by, by hard data that they have. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think the biggest, <clears throat> my biggest qualm with Apple buying Disney is that Apple and Disney are just in completely like operating a, a theme park and designing and selling an iPhone was basically what they do. Everything else is just supporting that. Um, very different things. So it it's kind of you know I, I you know Bob Iger also shut it down saying no. I, I I just don't think that any it benefits anyone. Don't even know if they would allow it. The anti you know they would it would be allowed. Um, so I, I I'm so more of. You know, like what would you say if like John Favreau was the chief creative officer of Disney? Theme park fan. Oh, chief creative officer? Yeah, sure. Yeah, but I mean, CEO is different. You know, then you have a chief. Then if you had like a chief operations officer like tomorrow or somebody like that, you know, who has experience, you know, operating a large business, you know, sure. And then you have, yeah, somebody like, um, you know, yeah, I think John Favreau would be good. You know, he's he's really shepherded the, uh, you know, the Disney Star Wars brand um in a big way in the last four or five years you know with some hits and misses yeah well i mean and kevin feige and him created the mcu yeah iron man and and, and the fallout uh, he just doesn't play he plays more than happy um what if um, kevin feige came to be you know he you know ascended yeah. from just marvel studios to you know running the show disney creatively maybe that's also on my short list of people um to do it, I, 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 it's such an interesting thing of like, why, why, and how would you bring somebody from the outside to yeah, do it? No, you couldn't. Yeah. It's got to be somebody from, you know, 20, 30 years experience at, at Disney at least. Yeah. Well, and, and my, my, you know, my thought is it needs to be somebody that knows entertainment. Like, I think that like the, the lifeblood of the company is content creation 
and theme parks tend to follow that in the you know in the next okay we're going to bring that experience to life so <clears throat> needs to be somebody that can understand hollywood not somebody with good in, somebody with good instincts and somebody who who has good instincts and can you know follow them and use them yeah well we have a comment from alan we're just talking about bob the bobs i think he wasn't so much of an unlikable guy people might have been more understandable if he wasn't so much of an unlikable i mean i don't know unlike or dislike i mean i think that like I don't need the CEO of Disney to be my buddy, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know what. Yeah, I mean, Bob Iger's just been Bob Iger and like a nebulous thing, you know. Yeah. My head. Um, he was CEO when I was working there, and maybe he'd pop in on some, you know. But it wasn't, you know, wasn't a corporate employee. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm very interested to see what the next two years are like. We haven't seen any big shake. I mean, we saw the shake up in terms of like a plan to make a plan. Um, but now he's, you know, getting back on the, you know, but talk about hitting the ground running, right? Just like, oh, hey, you know, they're warming up the cappuccino for him. He's like, here you go, sir. And, <laughs> you know, jump in the helm. But what a, I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but pretty, hey, Charlie, uh, pretty crazy just the way that it happened. You know, it's one thing to say, hey, I'm going to go spend time with my family and have it come from the person that's kind of leaving, maybe having a three month period, but, just outright yeah, effective so immediately. Like we'll send you your shit. <laughs> we don't want you here anymore. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's so interesting because a lot of, you know, a lot of people look at like company CEOs and say, Oh, you know, this, this you know, they, they shouldn't be paid 10, 20 million. And, and coincidentally, Iger is basically taking almost no pay, like a few million in stock maybe, but he already owns a lot of the company from all of his uh, things he's done. Um, and, and, and just, it's very interesting to see, you know, oh, why is it, why, why does it make sense that, you know, this A-Rod is paid hundreds of millions of dollars? Well, they, they're good and they bring in attendance and people don't really question it too much about athletes. And so for me, it's like the CEOs of these big companies really are providing value. And if you want to, you know, question that, go ahead and ask Bob Chapek, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think I don't, I don't have a problem with, uh, big CEO pay because especially with a company like Disney, which is one of the biggest companies in the world, there's an incredible amount of, of responsibility, both, uh, you know, public and private and fiduciary and, you know, to the tens of thousands of employees that you are, you know, the boss of essentially there's an incredible amount of responsibility and experience that is required to, to, you know, do that job. And I think that, you know, the pay is commensurate with that, you know, 10, $20 million. I mean, especially if you're doing a good job, but I mean, you know, it's, it is a little, you know, hard to swallow when, you know, you've got somebody like Chapek who's, who's essentially just been unceremoniously fired in the most public way possible. And he's still going to get this, just this giant payout of like what, $50 million or something like that. It's just like, Oh, that's nice. Enjoy, enjoy your retirement. Well, and it just shows that like, you are so invaluable to this company that we are going to pay you to not be here anymore. Yeah. They just need a contract. Yeah. Um, Damien, friend of the show, good to hear you. Good to see you. Buddy is one thing, but being – that means like having him as your buddy. But being interviewed by media offered zero charisma and some outright tone deaf responses that surrounded strictly on financial numbers and zero on PR writers. So Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I listened to that that er that earnings call, and it was it was so cringy and so awful. And just so tone deaf. I mean, it was shocking. It was really shocking for an earnings call, for a Disney earnings call. Yeah. Okay. So, big 
Excuse me. the big shakers, big movers. Bob Chapek out. Bob Iger in. Very interesting to see. Kind of a Thanksgiving. It was an interesting thing to happen around the holidays, Thanksgiving, you know. Um, let's talk about the new year. So it's December 12th. Holidays are coming up. About a week. Most schools are closed. I mean, corporate America is already grinding to a halt right now. Um, yeah, I was. I, I saw an incredible tweet that said uh, the the last day of business in Los Angeles for entertainment is the Friday before Thanksgiving, and boy, is that true? Yeah. Uh, every every uh, every correspondence that I've had has you know in the last two weeks has been like we'll circle back after the holidays. It's like, of yeah. course we will. Yeah, that's well, fine. And, it's normal. I will say, I mean, I, I I think IAPA should be sooner in the year. I don't think it should be. Right up until yeah, you know, Thanksgiving basically to December that's out. Um, so yeah, I I, I I don't know why I made me think of that, but I've been saying that like I think they need to do it after yeah. week, two weeks earlier, um, a week two weeks earlier, um, so that it's not. Bumping up I think I would love that if it was in October, just in the middle of October, so I could come and see see my shows that I work yeah. on. <laughs> It'll be fun. It'll be a new change of pace for them. Yeah. It would be it would be as cooler, but I mean the weather was pretty nice during Apple. It was great. Um, yeah, it didn't rain once. So Andy, on a personal note, uh we can wrap up the show with this. Any, you know, per, uh New Year's resolutions or goals that we can check next year on January, you know, in December of twenty twenty three. Wow. So we're doing predictions now. Um well, New Year's resolutions or goals you may have, not a prediction hmm. goal or a resolution. Let's see. Uh, I hadn't really thought about New Year's resolutions other than make more money. <laughs> yeah, make more uh, money. How? Yeah. But, but how? Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. No. Um, you know, I, um, I I can't talk too much about what, what uh, stuff might be coming up for me, uh, but I'm very optimistic. Uh, I would say more than cautious, cautiously optimistic, like regular optimistic. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that uh, next year is going to be uh, certainly better than this year. Uh, this is a rough year for me personally, professionally, and uh, I'm looking forward to to next year. Uh, you know, the calendar year is such an arbitrary yeah. marker, but it is one that you know we all have agreed on that it is it is an important milestone uh, with the with the holidays and the way that the culture works and things like that. But, um, yeah, I think that, you know, good things are coming for myself and a lot of people that I know. I think, uh, like I said, I think this year, 2022, I think was the, it was the, you know, we've, we've taxied onto the runway and I think that the, the, the entertainment plane is taking off again. You know, I think, I think, I feel like, like New Year's Eve is like going to be like wheels up on the industry. And uh, I think next year is going to be great. And leading up to the 25 opening of Epic Universe and, you know, there's the SeaWorld Abu Dhabi Park opening. Uh, I think, you know, big things are coming, you know, and beyond that as well. Because now that the, you know, the stuff that's kind of, that the stuff that's going to come after those big openings is starting now. No, that's great. All right. My, How about um, you? <coughs> um yeah, I mean, I had a kid this year, baby Max. Yeah, you did. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, a lot of people I know had children this year. Those there was Alex had a child this year as well, and yeah, it's like there was a pandemic boom. Uh, mm. It's like, oh, I'm unemployed. Let me have a baby. Um, so, 
I'd, I'd say for for me, definitely. I mean, my wife has been doing an amazing job and like being the primary caregiver, and definitely want to try to do more, um, dial back a little bit. I've been doing a lot um, lately, <laughs> quite a lot, uh, with gift supply starting up and and all that. So, really hoping to spend as much time as I can off burdening my wife, who's doing so much. And uh, Maximus is super cute. I should have pulled some photos up. He's super adorable and super cute. Look forward to meeting him, Andy, at some point in time. Um, professionally, so I have Gift Apply going, which is really great. This is a huge push right now these last two weeks for Christmas. How's um, that going? Is it going good? Yeah, you know, it, we're, we actually have a we have a, a pop up shop at the Mall of America, pop up car. I saw that. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, been doing some farmers markets out here and all that, and <laughs> of course online we're selling it. Um, it's cool. It was it was really I mean, well. I'll probably have to give it some more time to really chat about it. Um, but just the idea that for the past year I was able to work with really cool artists I've always wanted to work with again or um, bring work to who are out of work. Um, it was really cool. Um, so that, for those of that are watching, uh, Gift Apply is a non, uh, non-profit inspired wrapping paper and greening card company I started um, with my friend Patrick Feeney. Um, and it was, it was it's really cool. Um, oh, sorry. Damien has, you're ridiculously talented. Andy, here's 2023. Can't wait to see what you have. Don't want to live it. <clears throat> so thanks Damon. inspired wrapping paper gift apply and uh i but i still do consulting work on the side so which is really cool i've been still working with uh storyland studios for a while so you know i hope that keeps going um really having a lot of time a uh, fun time with them yeah uh, i did some work with them as well as you know and uh yeah. I, they have a lot of interesting projects and i really hope that uh that, you know some of the stuff that that we've been working on sees the light of day yeah <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, you and me both. So I'm looking forward to more creative writing, story development, story editing, and um, also keeping the you know irons burning and fire going with Gift Apply and Big Break Foundation and TTV. Uh, so really, it's just keeping, keeping, keeping it going, right? I mean, that's been a thing we've talked about, you know, since last, you know, we started the year. Okay, what are, how are we gonna, what are we gonna do this year for for TTV? And we did that the other day. And we have a lot of great shows planned. Um, for the network um, coming up, uh, a lot of big attractions opening up this year, um, and we're going to be covering them. You know, we got a lot of cool engagement, and we want to keep the keep the fire burning. There's always something to talk about. I always think of like what differentiates us, and you know, I, I after the Bob Chapek thing, I started really going down like a Disney YouTube rabbit hole. You know, watching people react and the reaction to the reaction, and you know, WD or WD. WNT, you know, what Walt Disney World News Today and all these shows. And, you know, what really separates us is that, you know, while they may have insider knowledge, we really bring a theme park designer perspective to it and really are able to come at it with that angle, which I think is really cool. And, and something that, you know, we prided ourselves in the very beginning over two years ago, two years ago. Amazing. Um, crazy. Uh, well, Andy, any closing thoughts for 2022? Would you like to give it a big middle finger, or what do you think? <laughs> well, I, I'd like to express my gratitude to our TETV team. Um, yeah. You know, we have a uh, we have a lot of we have a lot of great stuff coming up. Like you mentioned, uh, we've got some shows coming back, um, maybe even this year still. Yeah. Um, and then certainly, certainly in the coming year, you know, I think you'll see, uh, some more content from us. And as always, I want to thank, uh, CJ and Trevor and Charlie for doing such a great job producing our show. As always, I think they're, I think they're already gone now. I think Charlie had, or, yeah, they all, they all left because they have real jobs <laughs> they have to do. 
Um, but uh, I'm very grateful for all the work that they do in their friendship and also for you and, you know, you. your ongoing support of, of TETV and, and everything that we do. And it's, uh, you know, I couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. Oh, I appreciate you. And uh, we'll have to do another Vegas trip. I think we got that in in 2022 or maybe it was 2021. I can't clear call. Um, one big thing I will say, folks, is come back January 9th. Uh, I guess that's a little under a month. You know, the next three weeks are all just gone under the bridge. Um, in 2022, the very beginning of the year, Andy and I 20, gave 23. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah, I know. Going back in time, made a lot of predictions, <clears throat> and we're going to review them. It's going to be fun. We're going <laughs> to show clips of us, what we predicted. Sometimes I'm sure we're horribly wrong. Sometimes maybe we're accurate, which would be fun to see. Uh, and then we're going to make some new tr- predictions. Uh, I love these prediction shows. I, I, I mean, I, I think it's just a really fun concept. It's really go year. And we're it's established like a, it's like a vir- for years. It's like a virtual dunk tank show. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. We've we've lived through two presidents, an insurrection. Um, three, pro- three British prime ministers. Three British prime ministers. We've been through a lot, folks. <laughs> so we're going to do that January 9th, Monday to January 9th. Set your clock, set your schedules. Um, appreciate you all watching the show, sharing this, watching it, follow us, you know, social media channels, uh, and stay tuned for more in the big year. We have a lot of great shows. Um, we, we should be at least every month be having our, our flagship show of untitled entertainment design show. We, we were like, we're going to start at a month and then we started penciling out all the people that want to come on the show. And it was like, maybe we got to do more than that. So yeah, at least one show a month, probably two for the most months. Yeah, probably to be two. <clears throat> we appreciate that. And, well, you know, Andy, you know, we didn't get to talk about it, but, you know, why not? Why not? We could keep talking about it. You know, what was your experience being at IAPA and having people recognize you from TETV? What was that experience like? And you, well, it was new for me. And uh, I, I, all over the show floor and at uh, various venues uh, outside of the show floor, uh, people came up to me and they, and they recognized me from the show, um, especially, uh, uh, there was a group from Purdue at the Storyland booth that I yeah. met, and you know they were they were like really starstruck, and they're like, "We've seen every show." I'm like, "Wow, I haven't." <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, and, you lived and, it, Brian. You lived yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so I'm told. But um, yeah, it was something. It was it was really. I mean, I, I, you know, uh, I really I wanted to express this when we back. You know, when we were talking about IAPA an hour ago, but. Um, Two of my favorite things about IAPA, besides the pinball, uh, were uh, meeting fans of the show and the network uh, and hearing about how uh, it has enriched their personal and professional lives uh, with the knowledge that we have dispersed and experience that we have talked about and all of the the incredible guests that we've had on to talk about their knowledge and experience as well for their careers and projects and whatnot. And I, I you know, I sometimes I don't really realize the depth and breadth of the uh, influence that we have here on TETV and with the shows that we've done and with all of the incredible content that we have created, that's all still up there available for free um, as an incredible educational resource. Uh, so that was really that was really satisfying to hear. And also it was really great to meet uh, a lot of people uh, that we collaborated with uh, both here on the network and also for me personally on a variety of projects yeah. uh, that I worked on where I only met some of my colleagues that I worked very close with virtually. And then I finally met them in person and that was uh, very emotional. Yeah, no, that, that was the same with me. I 
I, I was it was fun to see all sorts of new people who I hadn't known because I've been working a lot more this past year than I was the year prior in twenty. Well, I, I kind of already had my clicky group of Nickelodeon that I knew, and then it was like, oh, I don't work there anymore. Um, right. <laughs> so I got to figure out what's what what how they are all. Who who oh, are you without them, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it, it's it, it's they're they're fun people, and 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 I, I got to hang out with them in the app a little bit. But yeah, you know, it's like oh, I'm the Nickelodeon guy, or I'm the music guy, or I'm the you know this guy, and then. You know that dried up for a lot of people. And okay, where do I? How do I find myself? What am I? What am I? And um, being able to kind of get the nod of, oh yeah, you know, I want to work with you or whatever is really important. Um, so yeah, I mean, Iapa is a really great experience, a really rejuvenating thing. And then you forget about it after the Thanksgiving Day turkey. Um, they got to push it back. They got. Yeah, I think you're right. October would be a good, like late October, not the week of Halloween, but it'd be good. Yeah, the week before Halloween, I think would be just be perfect. Yeah. Well, <laughs> twenty twenty three is going to continue to be, you know, hopefully the year we want to make it. I, I will say that, you know, uh, Tre- uh, Trevor got a, a a gig, and it was really great to see after many, many, many months of of you know trying to pivot industries to trying to get a job. Years, now, I, I yeah, the, years really. Um, it was cool to see that, you know. Okay, yeah, they're you know they're taking chances, they're doing it. Um, so for those that are out there looking for work, as long as you're not a writer or a concept <laughs> illustrator, you probably have a job for five years. Um, everybody else that's in that group. Um, yeah, we got some work to do. No. Um, so <laughs> really, we appreciate everybody in the show and who watches and keeps it up. Um, we had a great year with Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm sure we'll be able to get on some good guests this year and keep the, the next year, keep the energy going, but. Happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, happy Christmas, happy Festivus. Happy Kwanzaa, New Year. Happy New Year. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on January 9th. We'll be back. Prediction show. Sound good, Eddie? Sounds great. Happy New Year, everybody. All right. Bye, everybody.